This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. We're going to jump in the Word this morning, and uh, we're doing uh, in a series called Moving Forward. Been talking about uh, your mouth, and I know it's been a little personal because your mouth is personal to you. But how many have been watching their mouth some and their speech? Yes. And, and we need to evaluate our words. We need to hear what God has to say about what we speak. And when you speak the Word of God, it's supernatural. It goes beyond the power or the wisdom of this natural realm, this natural world. And it's supernatural. So when you speak the Word of God, you're speaking. We have the privilege and honor of speaking God's Word. Think about that. The Creator of the universe has given us charge to speak His Word in the earth. Do you know you're the mouthpiece of God? If you're not saying it, people aren't hearing it. So we're to use our words to be, uh, make Jesus attractive, to reach out to other people. I love the testimony that, that Zach was sharing about. Uh, he just gave a testimony, what God had done in his life. There's open doors everywhere that you can minister, but you have to open your mouth. And we need to be like God told Moses, said, look, I'll be with your mouth. So Moses said, I've got this mouth that doesn't work that well. And God finally said, look, I will be with your mouth. And that's what we need is God to be with our mouth. And we need to be speaking the word. Say, I am the body of Christ. Now think about that. You don't, you don't confess the word just like a parrot does. You're owning that word. What does that mean? You're part of the body of Christ. That means you are a child, a son or daughter of God. That gives you status. You're in the greatest family in fact, your father's perfect, and he has promised to provide for you everything that you need. You are a part of a family where love reigns, where there's always truth released. You're part of a family where God loves you even in your imperfections. He loves you as if you're perfect because he sees you through his son, Jesus. You're in Christ. You're the hope of the world. So confessing the word will change your life. And I had a, something happen just the other day. I was confessing the word. And I was speaking about how God will quicken your mortal body, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, and he will quicken your mortal body. And I like to do, while I was talking about you, emphasize different parts when you're uh, saying your, your confessions or quoting the word. And I just said, you will quicken, make alive, energize, infuse me with life. And as soon as I did that, heat, and it was like somebody just poured coffee over this side of my body. And... And this heat went all the way across my body. Ellen was, called for me. I said, 
can't come right now. And I'm just sitting there and this intense heat goes over me. And, and then it kind of just, it was like an ultra, anybody ever used deep heat on the muscle? It was like an ultra deep heat. I mean, it was just like, but it didn't hurt. But it was just, if it went any hotter, it was going to start hurting. And it just goes across. And then it, it, it dissipated. Even when I got up, it was still there. And it dissipated. And uh, the Lord just said, I just quickened your body. Hallelujah. I don't know what all happened in there, but I know it was good. <laughs> and I know I needed it. <laughs> Amen? Amen? Does that happen all the time? No. <laughs> but God is good, and if you'll speak his word, it's supernatural. Even the angels hearken. They hasten to do the word of God. You're calling for your angels, and they're waiting for you to speak the word. So we're talking about moving forward, and I, I'm going to believe I'm going to finish last week's sermon this time. But we talked about Abram and Sarai. They got a name change, remember? And their name was changed from Abram to Abraham, from Sarai to Sarah. And why did God do that? Because he wanted to give them a new identity. He wanted to give them a fresh vision. He wanted them to see things differently. And when... He changed her name to father of many nations and mother of many nations. What was he doing? He was giving them the word of God. What he had spoken to them, he said, your descendants will be like the stars in the sky and the sand in the seashore. Now, how many know that Abraham did not have a Bible to turn to back then? So God had to give him something to look at, a picture. He painted a picture. He said, look at the stars in the sky. Look at the sand. And then he, he said, I'm going to change your name. And he changed their name. And it was, I'm sure people mocked him and said, you must be lying. You don't even have a child. Look at that crazy Abraham. He's 100 years old and he's changed his name. Boy, you're talking about having a late life crisis. I mean, this guy's off his rocker. <laughs> you can just imagine. And everybody's Oh, poor Sarah. I know she just changed her name to go along with all this. Bless her. Oh, poor Sarah. I know she doesn't want to have no baby. I know I wouldn't at age 90. Oh, my goodness. Not with everything I'm, you know, not with my hormones. No, no, no babies. All this, you thought, is that going? Yes, it's going on. Absolutely all that's going on. And yet, he did some things. That's why I want to look at what did he do to receive the promise. And we find here in Romans chapter 4, verse 16. Therefore, it is a faith that might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. Let me say here, it says, as it is written. It wasn't written for Abraham. It's written for us. It was written later telling about Abraham. It was written for us. As it is written. 
made you a father of many nations. In the presence of him whom he believed, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did, who contrary to hope and hope believe, so he might become the father of many nations according to what was spoken. So shall your descendants be. And being not weak in faith, he did not consider his own body. Already dead since he was about 100 years old. And the deadness of Sarah's womb. Who, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully convinced that which he had promised, he was also able to perform it. When you're confessing the promise of God, you're bringing something that does not exist in the natural realm but does in the spirit realm. You're bringing that thing from the spirit realm into the natural realm that you can see it. That's, that's really what you're doing. You're calling for it. You're releasing your faith when you speak the word of God. Well, I don't believe it when I say it. Well, keep saying it. You can convince yourself. You can persuade yourself. The King James Version says he became fully persuaded. You got to persuade yourself. And you cannot watch 10 hours of, as the stomach turns. You got to get some word in you. You mean I have to read the Bible? Yes. You mean I have to speak the Bible? Yes. If you want to walk in the Spirit. And the promises of God, because you have to agree with God to get it, to receive it. How do you get agreement? You get the Word of God in you. And you'll fall in love with the Word. But three things that Abraham did to receive the promise. Number one, contrary to hope, he, in hope he believed. What does that mean? Hope is not like wishing. You know, we think it's just a, a wishing for something. Hope in the Bible means a earnest, confident expectation of something in the future. So it was a confident expectation that, that he chose to believe in, that what God said is truth. So he disregarded natural hope because in the natural there was no hope. And he focused on a supernatural hope. And so he got his confident expectation that God would bring to pass what he said. Number two, so you could say he fully expected this thing to come to pass. Number two, and being not weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead. He did not consider his own body. That means you got to get rid of distractions. There's all kinds of distractions that you'll find yourself considering that you don't need to be considering. And here's Abraham, and he woke up every day, and there he is with his body. But it says that he did not consider it. There's some things that you don't need to be considering. What are you considering that you need to stop considering? And start considering what God says. Start considering the Word of God. Because until you consider the truth you're not going to reign over those facts and that attack and whatever the enemy is bringing against you until you get the Word of God in you to the place that you stop considering. Say, so, no. It doesn't mean that we deny it. We don't deny the issue. We don't deny uh, the, the sickness. We just deny it's right 
against the truth of God's Word, and the truth of God's Word will prevail over it. That's where we're at. We're not going around, oh, I'm not sick. Oh, I didn't break my leg, and you're going around on crutches for a broken leg. No, you don't deny that. You're just saying, I'm healed by Jesus' stripes. I believe God's healing power is working in my leg, bringing a supernatural quick recovery. That's, that's what you're doing. You're not going around. That's, that's what um, some people do, and it brings a bad name to Christ. Because you're lying, and we're not to be lying. Amen? But the truth is, I am healed by Jesus' stripes, whether I feel it, look like it, or not. Because faith is not based on circumstances. If you're waiting for feelings and circumstances to line up before you agree with God, you're going to be waiting a long time. It's not going to happen. Well, I woke up this morning, and I just felt alone. There's nobody but me. That's believing thee. You're part of the body of Christ. You're not alone. We're a family of God. You have those that are believing and trusting and praying for you. Well, I woke up this morning. I just felt old. Well, I need to not consider that. I need to consider what God says. What did he say? I'm renewing your youth like the eagle. But pastor, you're lying. No. Don't call God a liar. It's a higher truth. It is the truth. And you, well, I won't walk by the Spirit, pastor. I can't, can't lie. Walking by the Spirit is walking by the Word of God. Ah. This is, this is good. Don't consider your feelings. I'm alone. I will never leave you or forsake you. You're not alone. In fact, you have the creator of the universe, the one who knows you the best, loves you the most, living on the inside of you by his spirit. You're not alone. That's a lie. Well, I feel alone. Stop going by your feelings. Your feelings are fickle. Joyce Myers, as she says, your feelings are fickle and they'll mess you up. Forget your feelings. I know how you can turn around your feelings. And we'll talk about it in a second. What are you considering? Number three, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. He resisted unbelief, but was strengthened in faith. How? How do you strengthen, get strengthened in faith? Give glory to God. You want to change your feelings? Get some praise and worship on. You want to change your emotions? You want to change what you're considering? Get your eyes on the Lord. Get some praise and worship on and crank it up. I love to go up, get ready to take my shower. I got my little, I got my iPhone. I got my little miniature boom box. I'm half asleep, but I know by the time I come out. 
and boy, I, I kick it on. It might bleed over to the neighbor some. I don't know. Haven't heard any complaints. This morning, I kicked it on. Head on, uh, when Rob and I went to uh, hear Dr. Leon, they were doing the song, uh, Planet Shakers, and prophesying, speaking the word of God. Boy, I had that thing going. Went in as Clark Kent, came out as Superman, and here I am. <laughs> but see, we're all to get fueled up. It'll make your day go better. <laughs> Giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised he was also able to perform it. You got to get fully convinced. Now, if you can be fully convinced, that means you can be partially convinced. And I tell you what partially convinced looks like. You're just up and down. Well, maybe, woe is me. Oh, I feel good. Oh, no. You're just unstable in all, all your ways because you're double-minded. And you're better off if you'll just keep your mouth shut when you're feeling double-minded. Don't even let it out. It's some duct tape, whatever, just don't even let it out. Jesus said, take no thought, when he's talking about worrying, take no thought saying. The thoughts are going to come. These things are going to happen. But take no thought saying. Don't say it. Fully convinced. So we got to keep on reading the Bible. Confessing the word. Meditating on God's word. God wants us to call those things that are not as though they were, then you will have them. So question, where have you been calling yourself? What have you been saying about yourself? Oh, it's never going to happen for me. I'll never, I'll never get out of debt. Just about when we're about to get ahead, something breaks down. I'll never find the right spouse. There's just none around. I've looked across the earth and it's a dry, barren land for a good spouse. Now, you can have a great marriage. You can have great, godly kids and, and grandkids. But you got to speak some things. You got to agree with God. But we'll go into prayer. I'm praying for my kids. Oh, God, lead them today. Let your spirit show them the way. Let them hear your voice and not the voice of a stranger. Let the favor of God and man be upon their lives. Everyone that they see, the favor of God is upon them. Let there be leaders who are committed to showing forth the glory of the Lord in the land of the living. Let them go forth to every place they step. Lord, they take dominion and let them be giant slayers. Let them proclaim the word of God and the love of God and let people be influenced for you. Let people see Jesus in them. Or you say, oh, my kids. Mm. They're just driving me crazy. Why, God, when's it going to stop? And then the woe is me, get the violin I just need a little time of Jesus today. And you get your little time of Jesus, it's, God, why is this happening? I just want to complain for just a little while. 
And God's going, I'm with you and I've got you. Everything that you need for this life is supplied. Everything that pertains to life and godliness, I give to you freely. I know that God, but I don't want to talk about that right now. I want to talk about what's going on. And he'll let you talk. And the, uh, the whole time your angels are there just going. <laughs> just folding hands. Kenneth Hagin said he saw one time the Lord showed him all these angels around. And they're around believers. They'd be in prayer and they're, they're ready to go forth. And then they'd come out of prayer and they're speaking against what they just prayed. And they're just folding their hands. Because they have to hearken and hasten to the word of God. So we've got to speak life. So what are you calling yourself? The Bible says you are his beloved. That you're fully accepted by him. He loves you with an unconditional, eternal love that never fails says you have the wisdom of God. He's not giving you a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. He's giving you discipline. He's giving you wisdom. He's giving you his blood, his redemption, his forgiveness, his peace, his strength. But see, you have to look inside. You have to, you're in an unpeaceful situation. But on the inside of you where the spirit lives and dwells, there's peace. And you just have to bring it up. So I have your peace, Father. And you start speaking, and the word will just come bubbling out of you, and you can get peace in the midst of chaos because it's inside of you. Oh, Pastor, I, I, I pray, but my prayers, they just hit, hit the ceiling and never leaves the room. It doesn't have to leave the room. He's inside of you. It doesn't have to get above your nose. The Holy Spirit is inside of you. Well, I know what Daniel, I know he had to battle through to get his prayers answered. No, it's a different day. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you. You don't have, your prayer doesn't have to fight through a multitude of demons. The Holy Spirit is inside of you. Wow. You're loaded and don't know it. We're loaded. We're filled with God's spirit. We have so much more than we know. That's the reason we got to learn what we have. Mm. It says you're healed by Jesus' stripes. When you hear yourself say something, it has a huge impact on your mind and heart. Why? Because you believe you over everyone else. You believe you more. So as you're speaking God's word, it's getting on the inside of you and getting in your heart. It'll produce a harvest. You can make an impact for God in your world. See, for so long we believe we just can't be fishers of men. We can't win the lost. But he said, I will make you fishers of men. If Jesus makes you a fisher of men, that means we're fisher of men and women and boys and girls. We can win the loss. We can reach them. Amen? But we got we to start saying that. I can do that. 
was talking with Robert Montgomery. Is he in here? He was talking about witnessing to a guy. Come up, Robert. Just share for a couple minutes this. This is really powerful. It's really just about one fly or one bug. Instant in, season out. Thank you, hey, Robert. That's what the word says, right? <laughs> Confessing that right now. <laughs> now, I was, uh, it was this past Thursday, um, I got a call from, uh, from Environmental Health and Safety. I do St. Jude Children's Hospital, uh, the pest control out there. I'm down there every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And so they called me that Thursday, and they said, uh, we've got one fly in a patient's room. I said, really, one fly? Y'all want me to come all the way down there for one fly, right? And uh, so I start, you know, having a little pity party. Well, I got to go, go to, I'll be down there. I got one stop right beside it. And really not focusing about a situation guy could open the door. I'm just focusing on, you know, that's messing my day up. So I got to go kill one fly that nobody else can kill one fly. <laughs> so I get down there and I walk up to the nurse's station and I ask, can I go in? She said, yeah, there's. The patient's in there, and his, his mom's in there, and so I go in, and I introduce myself, and I, I tell them I'm here for the fly, and they said, this fly's been wearing us out for a day and a half now, <laughs> and I said, okay, so I start, I see the fly, and I walk over, take my glue trap, I'm just going to smack it with it like a fly swat, and it kind of flies off, and so I get close to it again, it flies off again. So as I'm looking for the fly and waiting on it to land, the nurse walks in and starts giving them just all kind of bad news. And for privacy things, I can't tell you what they were saying and um, the people's names and that type of stuff. But anyway, while the nurse is giving them a bad report, the fly lands on the little TV stand where they put their, their dinner. And uh, so I, hit, I know I hit it. And I'm sitting there, I'm looking for the dead one now. I'm like, man, I know I hit the fly. Where... And I can't find it. And so the nurse is still talking to them. And I asked the, the mother, I said, do you mind if I just go back in your parents' room make sure the fly didn't go back there because I, I can't find it dead. So I go back there, and I'm looking. I don't see anything. And the time I walk out of there, the nurse is through, through talking. I said, guys, look, I know I hit the fly. And the, there's a 17-year-old kid laying in the hospital bed. And uh, the boy, and he said, he said, man, I know you hit the fly. He said, I saw it when you hit it. And we ain't seen it anymore. So... I start talking to them, I ask them where they're from, and uh, they're from Louisiana, and I just, uh, I just said, hey, do you mind if I just pray for y'all? Talked to the kid, and he said, no, I don't mind. I said, what's your name? He told me his name, and uh, I said, do you mind if I hold your hand while I pray for you? He said, no, I don't mind at all. And so, I take his hand, I go to start praying for him, and his mom says, hey, by the way, my name's so, so-and-so. I said, okay, well, I'll, I'll pray for you, too. And so, I start praying for the kid, and I said, you're asking yourself right now, God's showing me, why in the world are we going through this situation with this cancer? I said, but God has a plan. He's going to take you through all this stuff, and he's going to get the glory out of it, and he's going to use you to be a mighty testimony for him. And so I just start speaking health and command the sickness to go, and he's just squeezing my hand tighter and tighter and tighter the whole time, and I could just feel the presence of God real strong. And uh, so I finished praying for him. I prayed for his mom. I get ready to leave, and I said, uh, I said, you know, I said, I'm so glad I got to come up here and meet y'all today. And, 
And I turn, I walk out the room, and I just think to myself, one fly. <laughs> one fly, and God can open the door with one fly. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That was a super fly. And then it disappeared. <laughs> appreciate um, appreciate you doing that, Robert. Let me say this about Robert, too. He's in the pest control business, and um, Lord laid it on his heart that he's going to take care of the church and the building and all of our pest control for free. He's given it to the Lord. <laughs> Amen. What a blessing. Hallelujah. So you see that little critter? <laughs> see Robert. <laughs> but he's going to pray for you. Okay. <laughs> Children of Israel, you can read in Numbers 13 and 14. But you remember God gave them a promise, the promised land. And you read this, there was 12 spies. These 12 spies were to go in and spy out the land. And they were leaders of the 12 tribes of Israel. So these were leaders that were representing the people. They were going in and they were spying out the land. And God had said, I have given you this land. Go in and take possession. And what happened, you remember the story? Ten had an evil report. In fact, God said, they have rejected me. So when you reject his word and disagree with his word, you're rejecting him. And they, there was just two that had a good report. Remember Joshua and Caleb. And they were mocked and the, uh, it was just what they went through. They were almost stoned. They said, let's kill them. <laughs> two pleased God and agreed with God. And they all agreed it was like God des described. It was a land flowing with milk and honey. But there were these giants. And the ten said these giants, we were like grasshoppers in their sight. And I don't know how they asked to interview the giants. But that's what the word says, that they, they were grasshoppers. We were grasshoppers in our own sight and in their sight. Like they went and interviewed a couple of giants. How do you see us? Well, you're a grasshopper. Well, that's how much this picture of uh, the fear and the intimidation was made them consider the giant the, in, in the land and say what God said. So they didn't, the people didn't get to go in, but those two got to. What's that speak to us? We've got to watch what we're considering. If what you're considering is against the word of God. You need to get in the Word more and get that unbelief out of your life. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And when you look that up hearing, it's a continual sense. It's not something you do one time. It's hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. Because faith comes by hearing. Fear comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. Doubt comes by hearing and hearing and hearing. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing. We're a people that has to hear things over and over. Amen? But the giants weren't the problem. It was unbelief in their heart. And they spoke out their unbelief. And they said, we cannot take them. We cannot take the land. And they didn't. They actually got what they said. 
But the two that said, we're well able, let's go possess it, they also possessed the Lord had, had given to them. What about Jesus in the wilderness? You can find this in Matthew chapter 4. Jesus is facing Satan himself. He's being tempted after 40 days of prayer and fasting. And here comes the enemy. And he tempted Jesus, body, soul, and spirit. First he said, you're hungry. Change the stone, the bread. That was the body, flesh. He tempted him in the, in the arena. What did Jesus do? He gave back Satan the word of God. He said, it is written. It is written. Uh, what in your life are you pronouncing now that it is written? There should be some it is written things that you're saying. And this is Jesus doing this. Then next the soul. Satan took him up to the pinnacle of the temple. Soul, the emotions. He was trying to get Jesus to commit suicide. He said, the angels have charge over you. Jesus said, we're not to tempt the Lord our God. So, so what happened here? The emotions are involved, the soul. And then the spirit, Jesus, here's an enemy said, well, look at all this, the kingdoms of this world. I'll give them to you if you will fall and worship me, spirit. So Jesus defeated Satan himself by quoting the word of God. How much more should we quote the Word of God? How much more do we need to get the Word of God on the inside of us? And you need to get where you can memorize it. You don't always have your confession sheet there. And the enemy attacks you. You need to be able to pull that scripture and quote it and speak it forth and change that situation. Every temptation Jesus overcame by quoting the word of God. What about David and Goliath? 1 Samuel 17, verse 26. Then David spoke to the men who stood by him, saying, What shall be done for the man who kills the Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? What was David doing? He was speaking some things. He was saying some things. This Philistine is not even in covenant. He's defined the armies of the living God. He's speaking forth his belief in God. What happened? The brothers get upset, you know that, and say, it's just pride in your heart. It's just pride. We know what you're doing you're just here to watch the action. And his own brothers, you know, are against him there. But he meets with King Saul. He tells Saul, look, I, I defeated the lion, the, the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear. And said, it'll be no different with this uncircumcised Philistine. He's coming down because the God that delivered me from the lion and the bear is with me. And he'll deliver me from this Philistine. You got to talk to some things. The worst thing you can do when your giant 
shows up against you. When that giant's there, it's be silent. No, that's when you step into it and you start speaking what the Word of God says. When the report came that I had prostate cancer and you're going to die, I, no, I don't receive that. I receive a higher truth. I'm not denying the doctors. Thank God for doctors. But I speak that I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. I speak and declare that I don't forget the benefits of God. He forgives all my iniquities and he heals all my diseases. Hallelujah. By his stripes I am healed. If I am, then I am. And body, you better start lining up. Prostate, whatever's going on down there, you better listen to me. The Word of God says you're healed by Jesus' stripes. And I command all cancer to be eradicated, to leave my body in Jesus' name. Now, you start doing that a few times, you start getting some joy. And this thing, just some people are, you're in total denial. What is wrong with you? Well, I just happened, I got... I got connected with the most sign. I'm just kind of high on the word of God right now, and I'm just, I'm good. Now, if the Lord said, go have the surgery, nothing wrong. I'm going to have the surgery. If you're going to a doctor and having surgery, you better have your mouth speaking than have faith out there. Amen? <laughs> what I'm saying is we got to start speaking some things truth is we're speaking some things anyway you're saying some things is it life or death doesn't mean you become the mouth police and everyone you're around that was the word of doubt brother i don't like that i don't receive that well i was just saying i was hungry i'm sorry I... they don't understand they don't know what are you doing you didn't understand last week. <laughs> I mean, when for the grace of God, we got to love people. Amen? <laughs> so King Saul says, go ahead. I want you to notice that what the enemy did. 40 days, morning and evening, Goliath is out there defying the armies of the living God saying, give me one man. And he just, he just comes out, one man that will face me. You know, the, they believe he was nine, ten feet tall. <laughs> and he's just mocking and coming against him morning and evening for 40 days when David gets there. The, and what was the army of Israel doing? Every time he came out, they were hiding, they were hearing, and they were agreeing with the enemy <laughs> to the point they were so intimidated no one would even fight him no one would even challenge him but here comes David let me tell you you know family we got we got tremendous victory in our salvation if the devil could have done anything he wanted to stop you from accepting the Lord Jesus Christ so we have a, a lion and a bear right there. <laughs> Spoke words of intimidation. The army of Israel believed Goliath's word. 
Devil, devil does the same thing today. He uses words. He wants us to agree with him. That's the devil's strategy, to intimidate us, to get us to see ourselves the way that he sees us, to get us to see ourselves as grasshoppers. But see, what David did, he didn't consider the giant. He considered his God. He considered that God Almighty was in covenant with him. And you, you can read the story. He kept asking, said, what does the person get that beats this, this guy? Oh, wow. Sounds pretty good. <laughs> Faith responds to the giant's words with the word of God. Jesus was silent on the cross where you can open your mouth. It's okay to speak to the devil. It's okay to speak to things that come against you. In fact, we are told to in Scripture. Jesus is our example. I don't recommend you do this in front of people who don't understand. Because they don't understand. But you need to start speaking some things. If you're not speaking some things, you're not moving forward in God. It's not going to happen. Because faith speaks. Remember, we read that faith doesn't speak on this wise. Who's going to go up to heaven, get Jesus to come down? Or who's going to go down the grave, get him up? He said, no, the word is not thee. Even in your mouth, in your heart, and you speak. You speak. Faith speaks it. Faith gets it in the heart and speaks it. If you're not speaking some things, you're not going to move forward. In the New Testament, we have authority. And in, in Jesus' name, we have authority. So now we therefore speak. And there's people trying to go to heaven to get a deal with God. When we already have the word. It is written. We've already got it. It is written and we take authority in Jesus' name. Well, I don't know his will. Then read the book of his will, the Bible. Because that's his will. So you speak his will. And you take authority in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We have been authorized to bring the judgment that took place at the cross to legislate and to dictate and dominate that in the earth, to bring heaven to earth, to bring the kingdom of God to earth. Where's the kingdom? On the inside of you. If you don't speak it out, it's just stored up in there. Let it out. It's in your spirit. Your spirit, soul, and body. When you got saved, your body didn't change and your mind didn't change. It says, out of your belly, out of your spirit will flow rivers of living water. Where's your belly? Right here. Your spirit man. In your spirit is health and healing. In your spirit is the mind of Christ. How do you get it out, though? It's in my spirit. I need it out there. Through renewing your mind. Part of renewing your mind, speaking the word of God. Feel that, you know, some of us, it's like we have a bigger spirit than some of us others. <laughs> no, no, we all have the, the same spirit, the Holy Spirit inside of us. 
So we got to renew our mind to the Word of God. Talk back to the enemy in anything that threatens you. First Samuel 17, 42. When the Philistines looked about and saw David, his disdained, he disdained him, for he was only youth, ruddy, good-looking. So the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give you your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. And that's where it would have stopped if it had been the rest of the army of Israel. But David spoke his faith. Verse 45, Then David said, to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword, a spear, with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands. I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear. For the battle is the Lord's. He will give it into your hand. The battle is the Lord's. That's what we're doing. Every time you agree with God and speak the word of God, you're saying, the battle is the Lord's. It's his strength and his power. It's not of me. It's him. I don't deserve it. I don't earn it. He gave it to me. His victory, his inheritance, his blessing. And I'm smart enough to say, no, I don't deserve that. I reject it. Now I'm going to receive it. <laughs> Amen? How many receivers are here? Start speaking to your giant. Well, I don't have a sword, neither did David. He took the giant sword. But we have a sword of the Spirit. It's called the Word of God. Take the sword out. Cut the devil, the giant's head off. The devil, God's going to take care of later. But he is defeated. He's a zero. The only way he can have power on the earth is through deception, getting people to believe what he says. And when they do, they start speaking it and start agreeing with him. He has power. Later on, you read, David ran to the giant, took a slingshot, went to the giant's head, and he cut his head off. David considered his God and not the giant. Don't look to the size and strength of the giant, but look at the size and strength of your God. If God can get your heart and mouth to change, your, your life will be changed. It doesn't say, the Bible doesn't say that God won't lie. It says he can't lie. His word is full of power. It's full of life. It seeds of life. And in that seed is the ability to bring that promise to pass in your life. How long do I need to confess the word? Till you're fully persuaded. Till you're fully convinced. But I'm just going to change that the rest of your life. You need to be intimate with God's word. Intimate with the Lord. And you need to do it for the rest of your life. Speaking it forth. Hebrews 10, 35. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that after you've done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Confidence here means outspokenness, frankness, boldness of speech. Don't cast away your boldness of speech, your frankness, your outspokenness for the word of God. 
because it carries great reward because it will get down on the inside of you and change everything. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 12, Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak. I'll read it to you again. That we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak. Not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. The Holy Spirit teaches us the things that have been freely given unto us, and those are the things we are to speak forth, speak it out, freely given unto you. What's that? The promise of God. The promises are yes and amen in Christ Jesus, have been freely given unto us, and we speak them out. That's faith. Speaking out. Well, I just don't feel like it. I don't care if you feel like it. I just don't believe it yet. You will believe it. If you keep saying that, whatever you focus on enough will get into your heart. Wherever you look at and start speaking and agreeing with will eventually get into your heart. Well, you sound like you're just doing a brainwashing. It is a brainwashing. Our brains are dirty. They need to be cleansed. And the cleansing power of God's Word will change your life. Hallelujah. All right, ending. Truths about confessing God's word. See these in your notes. My words can snare me and hold me in captivity or set me free and become powerful in my life and others. Satan is overcome by the word of God. When I speak the word of God, I overcome the devil. Confessing the word of God is a dream of God and, and submission of my thoughts to his thoughts. Confessing the scriptures helped me memorize scriptures. When my spiritual immune system is attacked, I can quote scriptures on the spot. Confession of God's word is committing to the process of renewing my mind. With my, what my mouth refuses to stop speaking, my heart eventually will believe. Boy, that one there. How do you get it in? Right there. To speak the word of God brings faith and is honorable and pleasing to God. Every time you're speaking God's word, you're pleasing him. Our victory in Christ is not earned. It is received, believed, spoken, then lived. So my question to you today, what giants are you facing? Giants of family problems? Giants of financial issues? Giants of sickness, disease, infirmity? Giants of problems with your, your kids, problems on the job. What giants are you facing? And then the next question, are you going to start speaking to that giant? Because it will respond to the Word of God. It will change. It has to bow to God's Word. Hallelujah. Take the sword of spirit and come against that enemy. Let's bow our heads. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for your word today. And I thank you, Lord, that we rise up and we start changing the way we talk. Or we start expanding the words of life. We start prophesying and speaking some things that are according to your plan and your will. Lord, I thank you that we can change the atmosphere in our classroom at school. I thank you, Lord, that we can change 
the way our business is going. I thank you, Lord, that we can change our marriage. I thank you that we can change our bodies. I thank you that we can change that unrest and unpeace in our life, and we can have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. I thank you that you've given us your word that we can create and change things, not according to what we want, but according to what you want. Now this morning, first I want to give an opportunity if you never received Jesus as the Lord of your life. What do I mean? I mean giving your life to him. Turning it all over to him. Saying, Jesus, I need you to save me. He'll forgive you all your sins. He paid a horrific death at the cross. He shed his blood. He gave his life to save you to purchase you that you could be a part of his family he loves you that much if that's you you'll lift your hand and say that's me I need Jesus today maybe you prayed it before you need to get in the right relationship with him you need to restore that relationship and get right with him so lift your hand we'll pray that's all just pray together say dear Lord thank you for the cross Thank you for the price that was paid that I could be a part of God's family. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross, taking my sin, my shame, and my guilt, and my fears. Thank you for cleansing me now and giving me a new birth, a new spirit on the inside. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Empower me to live for you. In Jesus' name. Now, I want the prayer partners to come down. If you need prayer for your mouth, today's a good day to get prayer for your mouth. If you've never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago, yielding your mouth to the Lord and letting Him speak through you. These can pray for you, and you can receive today. And you need to receive. That will change your life. If you have sickness or disease in your body, get these to speak and agree with you. You need to be speaking to it. You need to be declaring some things. Somebody here has fear about your, your child because you see them hanging around with the wrong crowd. And the Lord said, you need to not only speak some things, you need to command some things. And you take authority over who they're seeing because they're at the age, they're in your house, and they're at the age that you can say, I forbid you. And you need the wisdom of God to bring that forth. So I want you to come, whoever that is, whoever that mama is, come and receive prayer. Because God wants to intervene in that situation. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's all stand up. As we, as we worship the Lord, come and receive. Come and receive today. Some of you need a fresh, fresh touch.
to stir up that gift of praying in the Spirit because you've been in a dry place, a season that you haven't even been praying in the Spirit. And you need to come down. And in the act of walking down, God's going to touch and He's going to release some rivers. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll-free at 866-383-8277. You are Lord, I'm a sinner.